Welcome to the Perfectly Imperfect Grind Podcast, where you are not alone in the struggle to success. And I'm your host, Jasmine Hill of thefearhuddler.com. Get ready to be inspired by the journeys of entrepreneurs and even pick up a couple gems along the way. Let's Let's get into it. What's going on, everybody? This is your girl, Jasmine, and I am back with the third installment of the Not Your Average series. I hope you guys enjoyed not only last week's episode with Jay Dukes, as he actually, if you remember, he said that he was going to be working with his uh, one of his favorites. He just released on his Instagram. It was Ricky Smiley. He will be opening up for Ricky Smiley in Columbia, I believe. So check out his IG to get all the details on that show. And I hope you guys enjoyed the bonus that I threw in there on Thursday with Kareem Taylor of Encounter. Uh, man, it's a, a great thing that he's doing, creating this space for black creatives and really reminding us to take care of ourselves. And as I say that, I'm actually on vacation recording this. So that's why it probably sounds a little different. And my voice is shot, man. We went to the park yesterday. And of course, the sister was yelling all day. So I have a little bit of voice left, but wanted to make sure I was still on time with these episodes to give you everything that you need. So before we get into this uh, third installment of the Not Your Average uh, series, I got to come to you with my two cents. So I have been reading all week on vacation uh, Kevin Kevin Hart's new book, uh, I Can't Make This Up. And I must tell you, like it's almost a 400 page read. And within the last three days, I have almost finished it. It was, it's just so it's so good but the point of it is uh it's about having good people in your corner so today's two cents is seek wise counsel because it can really be a make or break situation in your journey of entrepreneurship because they have probably already been there already seen what's what's to come and can really give you some good feedback some good advice on what needs to be done because sometimes we can get so stuck in seeing what's in front of us that we don't see what we need or how our actions now can be affecting us three four five steps ahead of us so if we want to continue to uh you know think globally uh or think bigger we have to seek wise counsel and the first step you got to get rid of those yes men like the people who are telling you that everything that you're doing is dope though they may mean well they may just not have that information and hearing yes all the time can really actually hinder us more than benefit us it's not challenging us to go deeper in our understanding deeper in our creativity so if you also, you know, when we seek wise counsel, it doesn't have to be people who are 50 and 60 years old. It can be people in your age range that are really out here doing the thing. If you remember uh, episode 17 with my homegirls, Kiana and Daphne, uh, my accountability partners, 
we talk a lot about pushing each other and and really digging into uh, make sure that we're bringing the best out of each other. So uh, look uh, look around to see, you know, who is around you that you can really seek some wise counsel. And, and last but not least, mentors, 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 mentors. They are awesome. I probably, no lie, have a good six or seven of them. And three of them I talk to on a monthly basis. And I think sometimes we can see people that's in the limelight and we think these are the only people that can be our mentors uh but there's people around in your city uh in your in your field that are really out here doing some major things so look at ways that you can establish relationships with these people and then if the if the uh, relationship is going well or you know you have something to offer them they have something to offer you then you can go to that next step and say, hey, would you mind being my mentor? Uh, I know sometimes we get really discouraged when, you know, we reach out to like a Charlemagne to God or uh, a Beyonce and say, hey, can you be my mentor? And they don't respond. Um, they really don't know you. So how are they just going to say, yeah, of course, you know, time is of an essence. So definitely look to build relationships with people and then look to see how you can benefit their lives and ask to be uh, their mentee. So that is my two cents for this week is simply seek wise counsel. So today for this third installment, I'm excited to bring to you Sherelle Dorsey, the CEO and founder of The Plug. And The Plug, you may be like, what is that? It is not your typical tech newsletter. Yes, we are getting really techy this episode. It is a newsletter that covers black people out here doing their thing in the tech world. Because we out here making moves. And Sherelle gets it all in the plug. In this episode, man, the thing that will stick out to you more than anything else is when you see the need... Don't complain. It is a perfect time to create. Uh, so join me in welcoming Sherelle Dorsey to the Perfectly Imperfect Grind Show. Let's get into it. To it. To it. What's going on, everyone? We are back with a new episode of the Not Your Average series, and we have today of the plug daily Sherelle Dorsey welcome to the show thank you so much for having me I'm excited to be on hey it's a pleasure to have you on here I know we're about to have a good time so with this series I want to start off a little different and I want to begin with you telling the audience one word that describes you and why relentless Mm. Uh, I think, and I also have that tattoo. So I live in Charlotte. So one of the things I did last year is I got the Queen City crown tatted uh-huh. and um, the words uh, be relentless. And so uh, that's that's something I always try to think about. Um, that word for me signifies that I can do anything, um, you know, even when it's, you know, the hard things are always the hard things to do. Right. But if I'm relentless about my growth and I'm relentless about, um, you know, I'm, I'm relentless about what my mission is, then I can get it done. 
Nice. I love that. That's a great way to start this thing off. So tell us a little bit about who you are, Sherelle, and what is it that you do and, and a little bit about your background. Oh, awesome. Yeah, this is the fun part. So <laughs> I um so I'm a I'm a tech journalist. That's my official title. Um I write at the intersection of technology, innovation, and impact. Mm-hmm. Um I've been a freelance tech journalist for the last four years. I've contributed to some pretty notable publications, everyone from Fast Company to The Root to Black Enterprise to um, the Atlantic City Lab, um, Next City, just a bunch of different uh, different publications that are really tracking and mapping what's happening in innovation and specifically how it's affecting America. Right. Uh, so, so along with that, I'm the founder of thepluggedaily.com, which is the only daily tech newsletter that covers founders and innovators of color. And so, um, so with, within my work, within the context of my work, always having to, you know, read and research and stay on top of what was happening in the industry, I always found that there were not enough stories and enough, you know, analysis of, of black founders and their companies or innovators of color that were being asked to give quotes about the state of technology or what have you. And so I wanted to see that changed because I felt like I'm around tons of innovators. I'm around tons of technologists. I have some of the most nerdiest friends, you know, (laughs) and I just felt that when we don't have that representation, it really limits our idea of what we can be um, and who's leading the conversation. So I launched the plug last year for that very reason. And thus far it's been, it's been gaining some ground. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's me. That's my life. Nice. Nice. Now you used to work for some notable uh, companies and now you're doing the whole full-time entrepreneurship. What was that transition like for you and what steps did you take to prepare yourself to make that actual job? Absolutely. So I'll back up a bit. So I uh, worked as a high school intern at Microsoft four summers in a row. I came out of an incredible coding program uh, called the Technology Access Foundation. And that was kind of before you had all these like women who code, black girls code. Mm-hmm. I was a black girl that was coding back right. in 2000. <laughs> before it was uh, cool. <laughs> before, it was cool. before it was cool. So it was, um, so it was through them, I believe, through the Technology Access Foundation that I really developed this love for not just technology itself, but just mm. the fact that technology can be a route to creation. And I right. think when you're both creative, um, smart and diligent, um, you know, being able to being able to have the necessary tools to create whatever you want is important. Um, so, uh, what's interesting is that I went to undergrad at the Fashion Institute of Technology, and so my my degree, my my undergrad graduate degree, is in international trade and marketing for the fashion industry. Mm-hmm. And so, I really worked throughout internships and at startup beauty brands, and kind of worked on marketing projects or what have you. That creative element and during the time of social media, as it was beginning to launch, um, really got into some marketing analytics. Um, and subsequently, I, I've been a marketing manager at Uber um, here in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I currently live. Um, and then most recently, I um, I ended a contract with Google Fiber. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've always tried to position myself around working with brands and companies um, startups are always great because you get more hands-on experience and you have that close proximity to the work. Right. Uh, and you get that opportunity for creativity as things are being built. 
And so, um, so that has been my journey thus far. And the great part about it is that in between, you know, in between having those various positions, I've been able to work on my own things, which mm-hmm. allowed me to build out my freelance career. Uh, and, and so, yeah, so that's kind of been my journey thus far. Nice. Nice. Now, because, you know, like it reminds me of the quote, be the change you want to see. And that's exactly what you did. So did you really face a lot of doubt when you created the plug daily? Did I have doubts? Yeah. Did you have doubts to create something that never existed? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> you start things and it's just like, you know, you don't want to be that person that people are afraid to talk to because you always have something going on. <laughs> you know, I've always had that. I've always had something going on. I've been an entrepreneur since I was like, you know, six years old and I used to, you know, sell jewelry or mm-hmm. I would buy my mom's friend's business cards using the Avery labels. And you know, I would do all kind of stuff to hustle up some money. Right. right. And so, so, you know, I, I think that I've, I've definitely had a couple of false starts. Um, I've had, you know, I had a, a relatively successful business in college where I had a newswire service that allowed people to submit their press releases to um, to editors that covered women's news. Um, retired that my junior year just to kind of focus on, you know, next steps in my life. Um so starting the plug for me, I think I got, I became smarter because you had all these new methodologies, right? So there's like lean startup, like prototype your, prototype your, your business idea first before you start, you know, investing all this money or spending all this time. And so with the plug, I took that approach first. I Mm kind of said, you know, does anyone even want a daily newsletter dedicated towards black people? Is the market big enough? Um, And then also you know, what, what value can I bring to the table with this information? So I might've had a list of about 50 people that, you know, said that they were interested. And so I, you know, I kind of, lack of a better word, Jimmy rigged the entire thing. Uh, Like (laughs) I I had MailChimp over here. I used good bits over here. I like created a patchwork, you know, a feedly and just said, I'm going to try this thing out. And so I did the newsletter Monday through Friday by myself for about eight months, uh-huh. um, just continue to build it out. And people kept subscribing and they were like, this is the bomb. I love this. And it started to get a little bit of attention. So I was like, maybe I'm onto something here. Right now with you, because that just popped in my head. Cause it's an everyday thing for eight months. I know people who try to make commitments of one thing a week. How <laughs> do you stay consistent to just keep pushing content out like that? Jeez, jeez, Louise. I mean, <laughs> it was like priority number one. I was up to the wee hours of the morning getting it done. And then remember, like I was working a full-time job too. Uh-huh. So I would, you know, get up early. Um, let's say if I, if I had to be to work by nine, I'm up at like 530. Mm. I'm knocking it out. I'm trying to, you know, patch and create my intros on Sundays, which may or may not have worked out every day. <laughs> you can tell by like the quality of, of the post. If I'm like, Oh guys, you know, I went to this conference here, my thoughts uh-huh. versus y'all, I'm keeping it light today. I'll see y'all. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know. They don't even know. <laughs> they didn't even know. It's all the way. They, the way they it. <laughs> but you know, I just felt like, 
I just felt like this was necessary and I thought consistency always matters. Right. And um and there was a point where, you know, I was able to secure some funds um through some advertising and then I started introducing events here in Charlotte because there's not a, a tremendous tech scene. So Right. You know, being able to leverage those things and, and uh, provide additional content helped me to develop some revenue streams. And mm. so back in February, we I brought on um, a daily editor, Tyler Tyler Young, who is phenomenal. She um, She's a writer. She was a, a TV producer. And so she's taken over. So it's allowed me to kind of work on the business versus in the business. Right. Uh, but I'll tell you, like, you'll get burnt out. You know, there's at least, you know, I would take a day off. For a holiday, um, you know, when holidays came around, I didn't send anything because I just figured people wanted to spend the time with their family, not necessarily right. news. Um, and I might take that next day too, just so that I could kind of recalibrate and 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 get you know get my create my creative juices flowing again. So um, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy at all. Now, when did you know it was time to actually hire someone out? Because like a person like me, I'm tight with my coins. So I'm like, I can just do this myself. I can just do this myself. So when was the moment you're like, yo, I really need to hire some help? I, I think when I realized I'm not growing because I'm so focused on, um, I'm so focused on just getting this newsletter out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I started to feel burnt out. I started to feel like, you know, I um I want this to be something different and new, but I'm so like, I have to spend three hours each night or, you know, maybe two, you know, I cut, I cut it down to a time, but sometimes, you know, if you, if, if there weren't a ton of stories of people of color in tech featured in the news, like you got to dive deep. Mm. So, so I, I was starting to almost resent, you know, having to do that. And I was like, I need Mm. to get someone on board. Um, And so there, that was one piece. And then also there were just a ton of inbound opportunities that started to come forward. And so it was like, if I'm going to be able to take advantage of this and grow the business and build partnerships and, you know, sell advertising, host events, I'm going to have to delegate and expand my team. And I'm going to have to find a way to fund those people. So, um, so it's almost by force, you know, it was almost by force. I'm glad you brought up partnerships because you actually launched what black, uh, Tech Charlotte. So tell us a little bit about what that is. Yeah. So, um, so Charlotte for, for folks who've never uh, been to the city, it's a really uh, interesting environment. Um, Charlotte is the number two banking center uh, in the country. And so we have sort of these big players of corporate finance. So you have Bank of America, Wells Fargo, um, you know, some other folks who kind of went belly up after the, the market crashed, but you have a very extensive corporate environment. And then you have this sort of smattering of, of startups, of early, early mm-hmm. startups who are trying to build things out. Um, and you also have this growth of co-working spaces that have continued to to build out here in Charlotte. And so we have a semblance of a startup in, a, in an entrepreneurial community. Um, my challenge when moving here roughly three years ago from New York City mm-hmm. was that every time I went to a pitch event or looked at the accelerator programs or what, you know, what very few resources um, that existed here, I never really saw anyone that, that looked like me. Um, right, it was right. extremely homogenous or extremely male. And I just felt like this can't be it. Um, and it can't be about the, the khakis and <laughs> 
the the polo you know the polo loafers like i just thought you know i'm i'm from seattle i you know lived in new york city i know entrepreneurs from all different backgrounds and i mm -hmm. think that we can provide something in charlotte that's unique um and funky and fun uh, but most importantly um, our, our social networking events, professional networking events are extremely segregated. Mm. And so I just thought we were missing the mark. Um, and I also got tired of feeling like I was the only entrepreneur, black entrepreneur, um, in Charlotte. So, you know, I complained and complained and complained and just felt like, <laughs> felt like, why do I always have to get on a plane to go have some fun and be nerdy with my friends, you know? Right. <laughs> So I thought to myself, like, Sherelle, you've done a ton of different events. Um, you should, you know, just try to um, try to create something and see what happens. Again, you know, doing an experiment similar to what I did with the plug. And so I, I called up some friends. I asked a bunch of favors. And in about three weeks, I had planned the Black Tech Charlotte event. And we hosted it at, at Google Fiber's office. Um, a friend of mine was a DJ. Um, I got a couple companies that I was connected to to do some, some light sponsorships. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we had food. We had gift bags. I fully anticipated about 30 people showing up. Uh-huh. I thought all my friends are going to show up because they feel sorry for me. <laughs> Somebody's going to be here. <laughs> I was like, show up. At least if I can like get 30 people, then when you take the picture on the Instagram, you can make it look like there were right, 100 right, right. <laughs> Like we're definitely going to make this look like, like it was a thing. Um, but lo and behold, on the day, like the morning of, um, I think my email pinged from Eventbrite and over 125 people had RSVP'd. Wow. And I was blown out of the water. And so, you know, so I'm looking at this and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, clearly there's a need. Um, and then just going through the motions of the event and speaking with people, there were so many different folks coming um, that were coming from different backgrounds. You had students, you know, with their resumes, you right. had people who were almost retiring from banking and looking at starting a, you know, cybersecurity businesses. Um, you had a wide range of, of folks um, throughout the industry. Some people who weren't necessarily in tech, but they were just interested in the content and interested in the business. And so, because that was successful and that was kind of our pilot program, we were able to then um, take that and almost shop it and say, listen, for 2017, we want to do four dynamic events. We want to involve more of the community. Um, I knew that I wanted to show off Charlotte's assets. So for Black Tech right. Charlotte, there's they're never in the same location. Uh, we par we have different partners. We have incredible sponsors like the Knight Foundation, Carolina Small Business Development Fund. Um, Avid Exchange came on back in March, um, and Avid Exchange owns the Music Factory, and they're like pretty much going to take over all of Charlotte in the next. Couple <laughs> um, and but most of, most of all, I wanted to provide a high level, high caliber, you know, almost kind of swaggy, sexy, smart event. Right. Um, Black entrepreneurs, I feel that a lot of the work that goes behind the kind of the kind of um, programming for us is always about disadvantage or us mm. being served. It's never about like we're top tier folks right. and we deserve their top tier service. And so, you know, we brought out like um, Stephanie Thomas from Impact America Hub, um, America Fund, excuse me. You know, we had awesome, you know, alcohol sponsors, again, great DJs. We have, you know, wearable tech stuff in the gift bags. And so, you know, the programming was all about, like, how do you create dynamic teams? Um, you know, how do you develop strong partnerships and, and what does scalability look like for you? So those right. were the 
conversations. And what's also interesting is that despite it being Black Tech Charlotte, you're going to see some of everyone there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always love like the feedback from, you know, from non-people of color who were like, this is my first time feeling like I was in the minority, but I felt it was great. Like, this right. was such a event, you know? Um, and so I think that, you know, I think that it's been so much more than just hosting event, right? It's It's been, I think, just complete leadership and a look at, you know, hey, Charlotte, you know, there's some, we're onto something here. And um, we get about 150 to 200 people that show up to every event and, nice. and these from all over and, and they just continue to rant and rave about, thank you, you know, thank you for putting this together and, and thank you for connecting us to other people. I mean, there have been some dynamic relationships. I think um, one of the relationships I'm most proud of that has happened is Avid Exchange was got connected with um, Johnson C. Smith University's Woo-hoo. Director of Innovation. Right. Yep. And so now they're going to be putting together a, a in a, I think it's either apprentice or an internship program. Wow. Um, nice. Right. Like they, cause they had never, they would have never been in the same room. So, um, so those are the kind of things that I'm super excited about black tech Charlotte about. Um, and, and something that I think that, you know, will be an ongoing thing here in Charlotte. Nice. I love all of that. Um, and I think that's how I actually got acquainted with the plug daily was someone sent me, an event you guys were having, but scheduling conflicts just had to, couldn't come. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, you talked about um, partnerships and, and pitching and sponsorships. And I know, well, about time this airs, it will already um, be out, but you're actually doing like a pitch, a pitch uh, webinar. So what are some important things or some tidbits you can share when, you know, us as entrepreneurs are pitching out to different companies for different things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, well, first of all, back into it. So I am uh, co-hosting No More Whack Pitches with Chastity Cooper. And, I just um, love first- that name. <laughs> because it's so real. I mean, I think people will send me the craziest things. And I'm just like, this is so whack. Like, can y'all stop this? Because it's, 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 it's interesting because what you think might be common sense is not necessarily, you know, not everyone's skill set in, in different domains is the same. Right. Right. right and right. so I understand if you're, you know, if you're an engineer and you, all you're doing is working on your business and building that your PR game may not be on point and right. that's okay. But at the same time, we need those stories told well so that we can get more visibility from a press perspective or, you know, when we're cultivating new partnerships or we're looking for investors to invest in us. So, so with No More Whack Pitches, which we're going to be having the webinar Tuesday evening, um, this Tuesday on the 18th at 7 p.m. Um, and we'll also do a Facebook Live on the Plugs um, Facebook page. So if you aren't able to register online, you can just kind of go to our Facebook page and see it. Um the, the entire premise and what folks will learn by attending that webinar is completely free is just like, what is the anatomy of a good pitch? Um, for the most part, the anatomy of a good pitch is going to be the anatomy of a good email. Right. You know, you want to get right to the point. I don't need to know your whole life story. You know, you really just need to, you know, kind of talk about who you are very quickly or, you know, share what it is that you're looking for, for from that person. Um, And then also sort of identify, like, here are the key touch points. Here are the most important information. Here's the most important information about about me. This is how it ties into the larger story, right? So if you, let's say you have have a business in, 
I don't know, you know, cybersecurity. Mm. You, know, you should be talking about, you know, what's going on uh, with, I don't know, with like, you know, Amazon Alexa and developers. And maybe you can shed some insights there. Um, as far as it relates to partnerships, um, the best thing to do is always do your research, right? right Whenever right. you are looking to connect with someone, you kind of do some back end Googling. You know, we all are like, Stalker. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Those skill sets are necessary, especially when we're approaching partnerships. So I'll tell, I'll tell you guys off for, um, for Black Tech Charlotte. So um, the great thing is that a lot of people will reach out to us directly about partnership, but in the beginning, you know, we had to pitch folks. So, right. um, so one of our amazing partners, Carolina Small Business Development Fund, and we actually set up a, a $100,000 Black Tech Charlotte Fund specifically for Black entrepreneurs in Charlotte with them. Nice. Um, we had developed a relationship with them. They came on board as, as sponsors and partners. But when I went to them, I had to say I had to look at what their goals were. Right. Mm -hmm. I have to identify those things. You know, you have an office here in Charlotte that's very that's not very visible. Um, you do well in, in Raleigh and in other cities, but you don't have visibility here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I can provide you is is this visibility. Um, and this is you know, this is this is how many people attend our events. This is who we can connect you with directly because we have black entrepreneurs that are more than likely looking for funding and we can, you know, broker those relationships right away. So in that pitch, I made, there, there was just this, there was just a sense of like, why would you say no to this? Right. 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 I've done all your thinking for you. The only thing that you need to say is yes and write the check. So. <laughs> and write the check. <laughs> we're all about getting the check. So, um, so that, that to me is just, it's about being very clear making sure you understand what the other side needs and wants from you and then to do it quickly. And you don't have to send your whole life story in one, you know, in one, in one email, mm -hmm. you know, if there's a follow-up required and you need to get on the phone, you know, like, Hey, listen, you know, this will take me less than 10 minutes. Let's have this conversation. Right. Um, you know, be very clear, be very direct and, you know, use people's time, time wisely. It's funny that you brought up time because that's what, uh, when at the event that I saw you at, you were talking about time. So t tell us some of your theories about time and people wasting your time. People will waste your time. <laughs> Girl, I'm like, y'all must not have nothing to do. I was like, I'm not a parent, but Lord, I could only imagine if I had, this is why I understand people are so angry in the workplace because <laughs> Because if I had to go home and, you know, make a meal for my family. Uh -huh. And someone wants to sit here and send me a whack email and a whack dish. And I'm like, you are wasting my time. I need to go home and make these noodles. I need to make these. these. <laughs> and you want to have a nonsense conversation. No, but like in all seriousness, um, I think that what happens is, you know, we're all looking for advice. We're all looking to kind of grow and network. Um, but I don't think we were really taught how to, right? right? And I made this mistake early on and I've had mentors and um, folks, you know, just check me. Um, and then I've also subscribed to really great, you know, uh, career advice, professional advice websites. I think, you know, the Every Girl was something that was really dynamic. The Daily Muse, um, following business blogs and magazines. Obviously, as a, as a tech journalist, I'm always reading everything. Right. Um, but there's great literature on sort of how do you write a professional email? Um, if you are going to meet with a mentor, what do you need? To, how do you how do you prepare for that meeting? Don't waste their time. Get the most right. out of it. So have an agenda ready. Um, don't just slide into my DMs and ask me to look over your pitch deck. Like, 
number one, you haven't formally introduced yourself to me. Right, number two, right. you told me who you are. Like, let's have, um, you know, let's have actual dialogue and before you start asking me to do something for you. And I think that's the other challenge is that there's a sense of entitlement. Um, as a writer, you know, people always think, oh, you should write about me and do X, Y, and Z. And that's the most offensive thing on the planet because uh -huh. one, your stuff might be completely whack. I don't even yeah. know you. We're not friends. <laughs> we are not friends. I don't know you. And on top of that, like, I'm a journalist, so I'm going to dig and ask you questions. I don't care about the fluff. I want to see numbers. I want to see metrics. I want to see results. I want to see traction. All of those things because right. I don't want to tell a story to people who follow my work and it's inaccurate. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that, I think also, um, I think also just in general, you know, there's, I, I like efficiency. That's really just the techie in me where, you know, everything for me is scheduled. Um, I like, you know, I like to, to have dedicated times. I might be a little anal in that sense, but I All have right. to maximize every hour, um, for productivity. So, so I, I think that we have to be clear on how we're moving. You know, if you don't have a to-do list for every day, even on the weekends, you know, mm -hmm. you should be floating by. I mean, if it's a self-care day and you're like, you know what, I'm not doing a thing. I'm going to go to the movies and walk down, a, walk down the street, ride my bike, like do it all. Right. Uh -huh. But every single day, if you are a person who's goal oriented, you should be focused on something. So, and not everyone has a to-do list every day. They want to sit and hang out. Um, I think the other thing is people want to request meetings all the time. Everybody wants to meet. And I'm just like, by the time I get to you, that's 20 minutes. You know, I don't drive. So, you know, I will get, you know, dropped off in an Uber. So that costs me money. And right. then sit and not have an agenda and sit for an hour and just, you know, key key. And it's just like, what is the point? <laughs> What's the point? You know, and so one of my mentors, Lisa Nicole Bell, she has an incredible podcast called Behind the Brilliance. Uh, uh. Just incredible. Um, you know, one of her things early on a couple years ago was, you know, never take a meeting when you can do a phone call, never do a phone call when you can do an email. Right. And, I love and it. You compartmentalize. And I think it's a challenge sometimes because you want to value people. You want to make them feel, you know, as though you value them. But at the same time, you have to protect your time or you will go insane. Mm. Yes. No. Uh, what was it? Don't waste my time. 2017. No, no, that's not what summer 17 is about. Like, no. <laughs> so I had to ask about the grind and all that you're doing. How do you deal with the days when you don't feel motivated? Oh, wow. Those days I, I have to check in with myself emotionally and just realize I'm burnt out. Mm -hmm. um, or I need to really look back and say, like, what what is giving me this sense? Um, and just do some research. And sometimes... If it is one of those kinds of days, I might look through my to-do list and, and restructure it kind of based on my mood and based on sort of what I think I can accomplish that day. Um, and it might also mean like I'm, I'm putting my phone on um, on, slot, on silent or do not disturb just so that I can kind of get my, my brain space back together. Um, and then I also revisit my list, my list of why, my list of, mm, of what's good. important to me. Yep. And sometimes it also might just require me reading. I read a lot and I like to read, um, I like to read people's work. Um, I, I typically read a lot of business books, a lot of sort of theory based books, but I'm also getting back into fiction. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that, I, I don't want to say it motivates me, but it really inspires me to think about the quality of my work 
And I get inspired by how other people are creating and how honest they are about the, their shortcomings. Um, and so sometimes that'll kind of kick me back into, into gear. But um, one thing, like I said, I'm realizing is it's okay to rest, you mm, know, yeah. it's okay to rest and to rethink what you're doing um, and not to just kind of const- constantly be on the grind. The other thing is like, you know, as you get older, you realize there's a sense of urgency, but there's no rush. Oh, oh, yeah. And so, yeah, girl, that's gonna be tweetable. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that hit me in my chest twice. <laughs> I had to catch my breath. And but it's real. I think that we think you know, not sleeping, constantly working is productive. Um, and I think that in some cases there's a necessity, right, where you're gonna kind of have to just grind it out. Right. Um, but I think for me. Um, what I'm learning is I'm committed to quality and I'm committed to the long term. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm committed to the long term, I don't have anyone breathing down my back, forcing me to do this, then I get to set my own pace. Right. And, and as a result of that, it gives me a sense of freedom. So it may take me a little longer to climb to the top, but I know where I am in my process. I know who I am in my process. And then I can also... I can also provide a better value to the folks that are following my content right, um, right. and stay authentic, you know? So, so yeah, I think, um, I think that's what I, I try to think about um, as I move forward. Gotcha. So Sherelle just preached a good sermon. Ushers are coming around <laughs> with a tithe. Uh, <laughs> the the doors of the church is open. <laughs> the doors of the church. <laughs> so before we get into the gym dropper segment, I have a fun question for you. So I was thinking if you could bring back any TV show, what would it be? Oh, that's such a great question. Oh my gosh. I mean, mm, oh wow. Okay. So this is going to sound really silly, but it's very real. Uh, So I I don't need anyone's judgment. (laughs) No judgment zone. No judgment zone. I used to love the famous Jet Jackson as a kid. Oh my goodness. (laughs) And like, you know, it's unfortunate, you know, what happened with Lee Thompson Young. I just knew I was going to grow up and marry him. Um, but I love the family dynamics. I love that he was this kid, like, navigating his fame and business. And um, I just thought that it was a cool show at a time where, you know, I, I kind of grew up feeling different. I thought differently. Um, none of my immediate family members are entrepreneurs. And so... You know, I was always the one trying to find a way, right, and so, right, right. Um, so I think I identified um, with that show, and it was it was good, it was awesome to watch. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna leave that there. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Funny story. In the fifth, actually, his aunt and uncle used to stay down the street from me, right next door to my aunt. And what? in the fifth grade, he actually came and visit, and we literally s- stood outside for like hours. And when he came out, we took pictures in the whole nine. I think it's on my Instagram page, like, way, way back when he passed. But, yeah, I met him when I was in the fifth grade. Oh, my gosh. I would have died. <laughs> I think I was close to it. <laughs> wow. That's hilarious. I'm being, like, like watch this weekend. I'm going to binge watch <laughs> Right. I haven't, show, I haven't watched that show in forever. I may have to watch it, too. So let's get in the gym dropper segment. The first question is, what is the best piece of advice that you have received? You know, 
I will say this. Um, it's been more, more recent. Obviously, through the years, you get tons of good advice. Um, but one of the most critical pieces of advice that I've received um, as I have made many transitions and I'm currently in transition now um, has just been that we do the hard things. And that really came from my therapist. So I guess mm. I got my money's worth. Um, <laughs> but she was just like, you know, this is what we do. We do the hard things. Right. And, um, and, and it's in those feelings of overwhelm or I have so much on my plate and, and she's like, yep, this is what we do, girl. We do the hard things. And I was like, okay, you're right. Yep. That's exactly what we do. Life, life is, life is about challenge. If we're not challenging ourselves, we're not growing. So. Right. Right. I love that. I love that. Next question. What is an app or a website that makes business easier for you? So, well, a couple things. I really love Wave Accounting. Um, it just makes accounting super easy and seamless. Um, Google Docs is life. Yes. Uh, I don't remember what I did before that. <laughs> before the cloud, like life was clearly in disarray. Right. Um, but like my entire team, like we project managed through Google Docs and we established systems and what have you. And so I'm, and I'm still continuing to learn the depths of, uh, of Doc, of Doctum. Right. Um, <laughs> Um, so those are probably my most important business tools. And then from just the day to day of running up the newsletter, um, we use MailChimp, um, oh, right good. now. So I think, you know, maybe at some point we may change, but it, it works for us. Right. I'm, I'm a, so, I'm a believer of the MailChimp as well. Yeah. <laughs> you said you're a reader, so I'm excited to hear about what your favorite book is. Wow. Okay. So I have a lot of favorite books, but I'm gonna give you top three. I'll give you top three. Okay. So my top three, um, so the first one I, I'll say was most life-changing for me was my Angelou's I Know Why a Cage Bird Sings. Mm. Uh, I read that book when I was 12 and I just remember, you know, growing up in Seattle was, um, you know, predominantly white Asian sort of environment. Um, I grew up in a very incredible family where, um, you know, they were kind of post-revolutionary Black Panthers. And so, <laughs> you know, being Black was, like, cool. But, you right. know, out in the world, everyday school, like, you know, if you weren't multi-ethnic or something else, like, you weren't necessarily seen as beautiful or as valuable. Mm. Um, and so I think that always plays uh, that always plays a role in your self-esteem, right? And so right. reading Maya's book, I just felt incredibly lucky to be a Black girl. And so... Um, that I carry that. I continue to carry that that with me. Um, I think my second favorite book is Ramit Sethi's I'll Teach You to Be Rich. Mm -hmm. And um, it is a very snarky, irreverent book on um, on personal finance that uh, has really helped me and shaped me because at my dinner table, we did not talk about money um, to this day. <laughs> Well, to this day, let me ask my mother for $50. It's going to be over. <laughs> the only things I know is that money don't grow on trees. And if we go in the store, don't ask for nothing. <laughs> don't ask. You got McDonald's money? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Yo don't I like just, you just got to love our So that from a personal finance perspective. Um, and then, you know, I mean, there's just been tons of books throughout the years. Um, I will say I'm really enjoying this new book I'm reading. Uh, it's called The Innovation Blind Spot. It's by Ross Baird. He's a venture capitalist mm -hmm. um, and created Which Capital, uh, which essentially helps to fill in the blind spots that venture capital currently doesn't serve. So funding women and minority businesses and funding the kind of businesses that 
um, are designed for, you know, people who aren't just, you know, living in San Francisco and need to order food quickly. Um, so this book, I got an advanced review copy because, you know, I'm on the VIP list, (laughs) (laughs) but it comes out in September. Um, and so I'm looking forward to, uh, how well it will be received, um, you know, moving forward. So, uh, so those are, you know, those are kind of, I, I think two of my, older favorite books, and then some new things that I'm reading now. Nice. Love them. So what is the quote that you live by? Um, you know, I, I think um, there's a quote from a, a young woman who does calligraphy here in Charlotte, and she creates prints, and um, it's over my desk, and it says, what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if there's someone who originally came up with that quote, but I... Um, I love that quote because it helps me to brush past my anxiety and just think like, yep, the worst can happen, but so can the best. So right. let's all do it. I love that. <laughs> yep. So, so that's something that I just try to, I and, and the thing is like, you know, a lot of people collect art and pictures and all that. And I, I'm a person who frames quotes and I keep them around my, 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 my apartment because every now and again, if I need to stop and keep and get my brain back into the right frame, then um, I have that there for me. Get your mind right. Love it. So the last question, what are your last words of wisdom or advice for those who want to create something out of the norm? You know, it's that quote, you know, what if you fall? But hey, what if you fly? Like, keep going and and honestly like find your tribe find your tribe of people who have done the craziest thing or are constantly talking about um you know how to create how to do something that may not currently exist i think those people will be your advocates and your allies right um i just got off the phone with a really good friend he's um in a phd program at the university of washington's high school and he's just he's just a genius um and, and I run ideas by him all the time and I never hear a, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I hear here is, here's kind of how this industry has existed before, but if you really want to get into it, this is really the route that you need to go. Yes. Um, if you want to be successful and sustainable. And so those kind of people will help you think through, um, what your plan is and they'll help you design one. And a lot of times especially if you deliver too, right? Like you can't just say, I want to create this. And then six months later, you're like, I want to create this. Right. Uh, you know, I think people will, will jump on board um, and tag along when they see that you are doing the most with what you have. Um, and right. that was definitely true for the plug. You know, I had friends who designed our first logo, who designed our wireframing, um, who helped really pull it together when I had no, I had no dollars, right. you know, and, and they said, no, we believe in this. Like, we'll, we'll put you on game. Um, just, you know, just look out for us when it blows up. So, right. <laughs> um, Don't forget about they, us now. <laughs> right. But they saw that I could execute. And right. so, um, and so I think that, I think that more folks will be more inclined to assist you. Um, but, but, but at the end of the day, it's just start. I mean, honestly, I came up with the idea with the, for the plug probably back, you know, six months before I actually launched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not a believer in that you should just go right out. Like you want to test your assumptions and your ideas. Right. Um, sometimes it takes, it takes a little bit of time for your ideas to mature, to actually get good. Cause you're, if you know, you, you start out, it's probably going to suck. Right. Um, 
But then you let it mature a bit, you get more information, more insights, then maybe, you you know, you can slow that process down a bit and then go ahead and launch um, and be a little wiser in your execution. So, um, so that's just, that's my general advice. Nice. Great advice. Great advice. Such a uh, just informational, just I'm pumped <laughs> up, like just, just doing the interview. So where can we get connected with you? Where can we follow the plug daily? all things social media, where can we find you? Absolutely. So first of all, I say subscribe, get our newsletter every single morning. Like the next one's going to drop in about, let's say 14 hours. So like get on right now. Um, so at the plug you can subscribe right on the homepage. Um, you can see our past issues and just like really get blessed by all that good content we create every day. Right. Um, right. And then um, the best route to continuing to kind of see what we're, we're up to is on social media. We're at underscore the plug daily as on Twitter, as well as Instagram. And then on Facebook, the plug daily. Um, I respond to every single email that we get. So when you subscribe and you hit reply on your email, that comes to me and my team. I usually get it first. And, you know, if you want to chat, talk, um, you have a clear agenda. <laughs> don't waste our time <laughs> you would like to share you just simply want to forward forward some ideas or, or some thoughts or some opinions about what you're reading um you know i welcome it nice nice well thank you thank you thank you so much for being a guest today yes. i had such a good time i'm gonna have to get my tech game up so i can talk real <laughs> techie with you I'm not too deep now, uh, other than Google. And, uh, yeah, that's just about it. That's just about it. Hey girl, that's a start. (laughs) (laughs) Well guys, that's the end of this episode. We'll catch you guys next week. And as always create the shift, reach your dreams, black girl magic. We out. Hey, 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 you, you, yes, you, yes, you, before you roll out, if you're listening on an Apple product, make sure to head over to the podcast app, leave us a rate or a review. Just hit the search button, type in the perfectly imperfect grind, click on the cover art, and then tap on reviews. Help us spread the word to the masses. And if you don't already, follow me, Jasmine Hill, on social media at The Fear Hurdler. Sharing is caring, so share with all your friends. And now on that note... I'm out for real this time. Have a good one. 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 Good one.